Hello and welcome to another episode of The Legal Breakdown. This week I'm going to talk about the difference between freehold and leasehold properties. So in the UK, homeowners have two main options of property ownership, freehold and leasehold. So when you own the property as a freehold, you own the property and the land. If you own the property as a leasehold, you own the property for a fixed period of time, but not the land it is built on. So why is the distinction important? Bar what I've just said. Understanding the two is really important before you go ahead with any home purchase, as they come with very different costs and responsibilities. So what is a freehold? Owning a freehold on a, a property on a freehold basis means you own not just the building itself, but the land it stands on. You're responsible for looking after everything to do with the property, from the possessions inside to the walls and roof of the building and outside structure, gardens, fences, subject to what the title says, and deeds. As a result, if you want to make any changes to the structure of the property, such as extensions or add-ons, then you're free to do so as long as you have the necessary planning permissions from the local council, and also there's no covenants or restrictions in the estate that you're on or the property that you own to stop such things um, happening. Obviously make sure that you check the title deeds before carrying out any works and if you need permission from a developer. However, with a free a leasehold, it's completely different. Effectively, you get a lease of ownership of the property for a specific period. This tends to be of different lengths but can vary anything from 40 to 999 years. Many new build apartments are around the 125 year mark. There are houses that are on leases, but that is coming to an end. The reason why they're 125 years is a minimum, and they have to be 125 years and one by most mortgage companies now to be able to get a mortgage is because of the mortgageability of the property. If they start getting below about 75 or 80 year old leases, when you come to remortgage, then it can be harder to get a mortgage. You will also have a contract with the freeholder of the property, setting out precisely what your responsibilities are. There are likely to be cert certain annual costs you will be required to pay, such as ground rents, while you'll also be required to contribute towards the maintenance and service charges of the block or building or estates or communal areas of where you are. Generally, you will need permission from the freeholder if you want to carry out any major works. When we're talking about freeholder here, we mean landlord while there may also be limitations on things like keeping pets and dedicated car park spacing, but you can get that with freehold as well. Should the lease expire, the full ownership of the property will revert back to the freeholder, and if you would like to keep the property for longer, you will have to pay a premium to the freeholder so you can remain in the property. Leasehold is usually reserved for flats and apartments. However, this is not always the case. Older properties are on leaseholds. There are also cases in recent years that have seen a number of new builds sold in this way, but this practice has now been banned, ensuring that all new, new build homes are sold on a freehold basis. The reason being is they people were granted the right to buy the freehold at set figures. Then the developers sold the freehold interest over to investment companies that then increased the freehold potential. So, for instance, if you bought a leasehold property, you could have been buying it uh, the freehold for 15,000, it then went to 30,000, and then some were getting quoted 170 to 200,000 just to buy the freehold. This is because it was no longer with the developer and it was sent to investment companies and they thought they could make money from the owners of the properties. The pros and cons of freehold and leasehold ownership are pretty distinct. There are a lot of potential problems with leasehold ownership, 
additional costs and charges can be significant, especially when we look at the cladding issues in apartments at the moment and trying to get them mortgaged or sold is causing a massive issue as it's now coming to hundreds of thousands of pounds to either insure a property. I have a friend of mine who's an insurance broker and he talked to an, a block of flats and they were quoted £300,000 for one year's insurance because of the risk of combustible materials and what had happened with Grenville Tower. Also, with that, you're obviously dealing with others and just to renovate or do up properties can be hundreds of thousands of pounds depending on the age of the block, not just because of cladding, but because of new fire systems needing to be in place, new flooring, new doors, new security measures, anything to do with regulations, fire regulations or health and safety. And that can be a huge expense spread across the number of properties, depending on the number of um, properties in your block. So right at the outset, what seems to be um, an affordable extra charge can end up costing huge amounts of money. You also need to be careful of how quickly the ground rents go up, the service charges go up, and making sure there's no rent charge which could make the property unmortgageable. Again, they're changing in relation to legislation. And these prices, as the property gets older, can become expensive. The service charge can also create a problem when you're expected to contribute towards works on the upkeep of the building, even if you don't directly benefit from it. And there have long been complaints from leaseholders that the cost of these works are excessive and you are at the mercy of a management company. If you do start having problems with a management company, you can set up a right to manage company. And I will be talking about those in a separate episode. Another issue is the length of leases, as these get shorter and becomes more difficult to mortgage or attract buyers, as I said previously, and you may then be left to be able to either extend it with an expensive and costly process on premiums and trying to find the landlord to be able to extend it, or not being able to mortgage it and be open to only cash buyers to buy the property. And then there is the restrictive nature of such leaseholds, and they may not feel like it's truly yours as you have to get permission to carry out significant works and prevented from ownership of pets, as previously said, and obviously permission for a number of other items. There are no such limitations in place if you buy a property on a freehold. You can make those changes and you don't have to worry about escalating service charges or ground rents, subject to the property and the estate that you're on. However, you will be the only one responsible for the upkeep and therefore the cost of repairs of the structure of the building itself, which can prove expensive. However, we are talking a minor size property compared to a block of flats of 100 or four even. So the building will be smaller. Another issue to bear in mind is conveyancing costs. Conveyances are property lawyers, solicitors, who go through the legal aspects of the purchase and draw up the transaction to the contract. I don't mean to teach you all to suck eggs here, but I just want to keep it as basic as possible. Leasehold purchases are inevitably more complicated and so may result in a larger conveyancing bill than a freehold purchase. So, can you buy the freehold of a leasehold property? There is the option of attempting to purchase the freehold of your property. If your property is a flat, you may be able to buy a share of the freehold, which you would own alongside the other flat owners. If the property is a house, you may be able to buy the full freehold. As I said earlier, this has caused issues in relation to properties that have been on new build estates. These can be lengthy and expensive processes and it's well worth getting expert legal advice. Now, in relation to flats, this is where a right to manage company can come in, or you may be buying a flat that owns a share of the freehold. Please be careful when you're looking at apartments that are freehold, make sure you own the freehold with others so you own the actual ground 
and it's not a flying freehold. So let's say there's a block of three flats and they each have a freehold title. That means if you're either the first floor or second floor flat, you own the air the property is on, not the ground of the property. So the support from the ground floor flat subject to the lease, it can make them unmortgageable. So you want to own the whole building with the rest of the flat owners. And then even though you've granted yourself a 999 year lease as a freeholder, you are virtually freehold because you own the freehold even though there is a lease between all the properties. That is always the best way to buy a property if you're going to buy an apartment. Obviously that is not always the case because they are investments freeholds in apartment complexes and pension funds do own them along with other investors and developers keep them as they can make money off the ground rents and management fees and charges. So just be aware of all the options and where you want to go with your investment, your first house, and what you want to do with the property to choose freehold or leasehold. If you have any questions on this subject, please feel free to give me a call on 01548 or email joshua at alliancelegal.uk and I'll be happy to give any advice on any of these subjects or any issues you may be having with leasehold or freehold properties. Thank you for listening.